Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to ScreenSpeak, the podcast that's all about movies, life, and so much more. I'm Jordan Anderson. This is my podcast. And as always, I thank you each and every single time for coming by and giving it a listen. I'm going to keep this introduction as short as humanly possible, not because I don't have the utmost respect uh, and appreciation for this guest that I have on. It's just simply because the time I'm recording this introduction, I'm tired. I want to go to sleep, honestly, uh, at the time of recording this introduction anyway, and and I just want to get this up. I, I want to get on with it. It's just it's just like that Monty Python thing. You ever seen that? Monty Python and the Holy Grail? Isn't that what that's from? Get on with it! Get on with it. Yes, get on with it! I'm enjoying this scene. Get on with it! So something like that. I'm getting on with it. Um, all right, let me get the plugs out of the way. You know what to do. It's a podcast. You listen to podcasts. If you like this one, hit that follow button. That's what you do to go ahead and support the podcast and listen to more of the content that drops is by hitting the follow button so that you know about the episodes right when they come out. So go ahead and do that. Uh, you like social media, use social media. Great. Instagram podcast is on Instagram. So go ahead and look it up at ScreenSpeak Podcast, and you can go ahead and find out all the lovely details that you need to know about ScreenSpeak and more by heading on over there. So, social media, done. Uh, follow button, all that stuff, done. And let's go ahead and move on with the introduction. With me on this episode is Mackenzie Ramsey. I believe she goes by Mac, but I'm just going to say Mackenzie Ramsey for the formal introduction on this because that's just how I'm rolling right now. This episode is part of my final It only took since September of 2023 to get them all done, but my final in my series of conversations that were recorded at the 16th annual Iowa Independent Film Festival. This is the last one of those. Not that I'm, you know, at all relieved to have those done. I mean, I am on some extent, but I'm also just happy to have them done because it was a lot of work to just, you know, get them all put out and put together and, you know, produce properly and whatnot, if you will. And so I wanted to make sure with each and every one of them, I took my time on them and got them out when I could. So that's what's happened. Okay. But yeah, this is the last in the episodes from that film festival. We'll see if I come back for the 17th annual Iowa Independent Film Festival. Time will tell on that one. But for now, let me tell you about Mackenzie Ramsey, and let me tell you about this film that we're talking about on here, as well as everything else that we get into over the course of our conversation. Mackenzie Ramsey is a filmmaker, an aspiring filmmaker that is actually from Connecticut, I want to say, somewhere in the Boston-ish region. Don't know, because I've never been to Connecticut, or know a hell of a lot about it past what Mackenzie told me in our conversation about Connecticut, which it basically just sounds like a commuter state that's in between Boston and New York, or something like that. I don't know. You're going to have to listen to the playback to really get to the bottom of that one. Intermission. What is that, you may ask? Well, an intermission is typically the break that a stage production or a film, typically older films, would put in roughly in the middle of their runtime to go ahead and allow their audience to stretch, take a pee, walk outside for some fresh air, or, I don't know, talk to the people next to them to see how things are going, what they think of it. At least that's the technical definition that I just came up with. All right, jokes aside, let me take a minute to talk about Intermission. What is this short film about, and what do we talk about over the course of this episode? Intermission is a romantic drama that explores the ideas of young love through the characters of Robbie and Tristan, which are a young couple that have been together since their freshman year of college. During the intermission of a local high school's play, Robbie and Tristan decide to relive their fondest and most difficult memories that they have with each other, 
And while doing that, they analyze the entirety of their relationship, which eventually leads them to reconsider the fate of the relationship once the intermission comes to an end. Ooh, what's going to happen there? Don't know. Guess you'll have to seek out this short film and try to watch it, or you'll just have to listen to the conversation play out and see how it goes with Miss Mackenzie Ramsey. Uh, what can I tell you about Mac? So Mackenzie Ramsey, she's a writer, cinematographer, she's a director. She's a graduate from Emerson College and has a degree in media arts production. Mac herself has worked on a variety of different films over her time in film. And in between sets, she can be found working to increase queer representation in media through short amateur films that are either filmed on iPhones uh, or use a variety of different tools such as Google Docs. So. She gets around to a lot of different creative works, and she herself I found to be very talented, uh, well-spoken, and also just somebody I found to be genuinely interesting to talk to at the festival. I really did enjoy the conversation that we had. Of course, we talk about her short intermission. We talk about the process of going through the ending of a relationship, uh, which we don't get too you know deep into our own personal experiences with that, but we certainly share some sentiment towards that feeling. Uh, we talk about Mac herself, talk about her journey into filmmaking, what inspires her, talk about some of our favorite films, some of hers in particular of 2023. Um, uniquely enough, actually, because you know I mentioned earlier that I said that she was a student, uh, we talk about the atmosphere on student film sets, which I found interesting because you don't always think about that when you think of film. You know, you always think of like some big Hollywood production or an independent play or something like that. You're not always thinking about it from the student perspective. So it was interesting to talk about that. At the time of recording this, the WGA strike and uh, SAG after strike was still going on. So we did share a bit of our thoughts on that. Feel free to fast forward through that if you're not really interested in it because you know the result of it. The strike is, of course, over. Uh, talk about her future plans and a lot more beyond that. So that's pretty much what happens over the course of the conversation. I really don't have anything else I want to add to this. I, I really appreciate everybody for listening. I got a lot of stuff that I'm working on right now. I feel like that's a little bit redundant to state at this point, but I do feel like it's worth reminding everybody that apart from episodes that I'm prepping and festivals I'm trying to get ready for this year and a a lot of other stuff in between that just trying to balance my life just trying to balance my life and keep it all together and do it all for you do it all for you screen speak i do every bit of this for you appreciate it everybody as always for listening now sit back relax drive go to the gym do whatever and enjoy this conversation with the talented mackenzie ramsey Cheers, That's right cheers. here. Cheers Woo-hoo. to your first podcast. Yeah, okay. I'm excited to be here. So, um, Mackenzie, you got a film intermission. Yeah. Elevator pitch it. I mean, like, what, what, awesome. what's it? What's it about? My very quick log line. It's a. It's about <laughs> a young couple during a high school play. During the intermission of a high school play, mm-hmm. they kind of relive and like reevaluate their whole relationship and like the goods and the bads. Um, and then in the end, they kind of reroute. Oh my goodness, reevaluate <laughs> their fine. idea of love, pretty much. Where did you get the idea? <laughs> um, embarrassingly, I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. I was dating someone for a long time, for like almost three years. Yeah. Um, and while we were dating, I came up with this kind of, and it's ironic now because we just recently like kind of just went our own way. Um, and so, ironically, a lot of what was in the film happened. Um, and so, so I think drawn, drawn from life a little bit. Yeah, I yeah. think when I was writing it, I think it was more of like kind of like biggest fears and like we were we dated we started dating pretty much 
first semester of college and dated pretty much all the way into, like until I graduated. Um, and so it was like we're kind of like this couple and it was like if we just kept going and like right. this thing. Um, and then like I was like, this is how it would probably end if we were to end. And then it kind of happened that way, ironically. So it was yeah. like it was a cool manifestation um, to like see because I was like, OK, I know how to deal with it. I have this film. So, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm curious about it because I, I, I felt when I was watching it anyway that there was a, a sort, sort of a, a, a process of letting go in the movie. Um, and that's not always easy to, I mean, A, make come across visually to kind of have that speak through it. But I mean, am I right in assuming that there's some underlying themes with that? Yeah, for sure. I think letting go for myself to get like just personal, it's like hard. It's like very hard. Yeah. Like even now, like it's just hard to let go. Um, but yeah, I think these characters, that's something they don't know how to do. Um, and so it was definitely something they needed to learn how to explore. Well, it's a weird thing with relationships and, and it doesn't matter like the, the, the people or, you know, like where they come from or anything like that. Like you don't, I mean, like where's the class on how to break up with somebody? Exactly. Like, I, I, yeah. I don't know how you do that. There's no, I don't know if there's a really clean way to, to yeah. do it. My, you know, yeah. I, I've. I thankfully never had like any messy breakups. Sorry, there's like a dance. I know, move yeah. Charlie is screaming. busting yeah. the move. Uh, yeah, okay. He yeah. is having a good time. Sorry. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> but no, to, to get up to get back to the relationship side of things. Yeah. So y you have this couple. You know, they're going through the process of realizing that essentially they're not right for each other. You know, mm -hmm. if I'm right on that. Yeah. I mean, where do you think they kind of go from from there? That's the question. And I left it kind of open-ended. In my opinion, it's more open-ended in the end. Because yeah. you're like, do they actually break up? And it's like, they should. Um, so you think they should? Yeah. yeah. And I think maybe this is, again, pulling from experience. But I think you need time sometimes when you're in like those spaces with someone for so long, when you're so young, to just kind of yeah. branch away so you know who you are like by yourself. Um, and so yeah. I think both of those characters needed that, but they had a hard time letting go. And so, yeah. again, there's like, especially when you're so young, there's no class. Like, this is who you're supposed to be learning how to, like, heal from and, like, break up with someone from. Like, this is your, this is their first love. And so it was like, how do you learn from that? And how do you deal with that? And so yeah. they have to learn from each other. But I think, I don't know, this might be another, like, manifestation. But, like, I think in the end, and I said this on set, um, like, in a few years like they'll get back together or something like there's something in them where they're like soulmates or twins oh any of the words people use nowadays sure. but like something i'm a believer that not to say that there's like a right age for things because mm -hmm. i i don't like it when people try to say like oh at this age like you should be married yeah, like, you yeah, have yeah. a kid and like you know it's, it's a bit too conventional and everybody's life experience is so different from the next um, but I do think that there are times where people meet each other and, and kind of a confluence of events happens where they meet each other at the right time. Mm -hmm. You know, an, an example that I'll kind of tie in from my own life so that you just kind of get to know yeah, me a little yeah. bit better. So, you know, I'm married. I've been married for, you know, just about a year. Uh, but I've been with my wife, you know, for about four. We met yeah. in June of, of 2019. You know, at the time I met her in 2019, I was having a very great year. Yeah. Um, I was about, because I'm 32 now, so whatever, like four years ago is from that, I'm a jackass with mental math. <laughs> that's okay, so, that's so, okay. So, somebody's going to put the math right together. Myself, yeah. I, I wasn't 30, I yeah. was like late 20s. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I was at a point, though, in my life where professionally in, in the in the day job that I was kind of in to do it, I was kind of writing, I, I don't want to say like a high success, but I was feeling good about what yeah. I was doing. 
And I've always been the person that struggled with a whole lot of confidence, uh, mm-hmm. being not very very sure of myself. Yeah. Awful with dating. Yeah, awful, yeah, yeah. Awful. it's I, hard. I, I'm so glad to be married now. Yeah. To tell you the truth, like I, I do, I do not miss dating. Yeah. Fucking horrible. Yeah, I like, bet. <laughs> I, I, I am glad to be out of it. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Get married. Yeah. It's great. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, but I know how different it could have been mm. if I had met her even like like a year before that, even two years. I don't know if we'd be married. Yeah. I don't know. And then I think that's an interesting thing tying back to your movie is like there's a whole lot of that what if elements with a relationship we have with people. And there's really, there's no definitive way to know if you're making the right decision. Yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I think that's been all of my life and just thinking. It's like there's so many what ifs, especially when you're so young and you're like, I don't know anything else. You know what I mean? And I think the characters say that so many times because you're like, you're all I know. And it's the truth. It's like they're all the old they know with each other. And so it's like you kind of envision that whole future. And I think think these characters are kind of meant to be in some way, but they need to have like their time to grow and heal. But it's like, can you do that together? And it's like the same thing. Is there a right time for this? And so... I don't know. I think in the future these characters can get back together, but they need like the time apart and for it to be a better time. So let me learn more about yourself. Yeah. Where are you from? Like, you yeah. know, what's what's your your life story for lack of a better word? Yeah. Uh, I'm from Connecticut, born and raised everywhere in Connecticut, pretty much except the tail, if you know the shape of Connecticut. Seen it on the globe, but you that's know, okay, I'm not an okay. expert on it. That's okay. <laughs> Maybe the listeners will know the shape of Connecticut. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm from Connecticut, lived there my whole life. Um, and then I've been interested in film for as long as I can remember. I remember asking a lot for, like, cameras when I was, like, 11, 12. And then, this is going to sound horrible, but I would get, like, I got, like, an iPod Touch instead of a camera. And I was like, oh, I don't want this. But then my dad was <laughs> why, like... Why is that horrible? Because oh, I wanted a camera. But then okay, my dad was like, okay. but you should have this because it has a camera on it. And, like, thank God for that because then I could take yeah. videos and I could edit on my phone and I could do all this... Or on the iPod or whatever. And so I, like, taught myself how to edit. Also, with, like, One Direction and, like, all of that kind of stuff, I had to teach myself how to edit to keep up with all the fan pages. You know what I mean? So, yeah. like, I learned a lot from, like, just my own personal interests. And then... Uh, I went to film school in 2020. Where'd you, where'd you go to school? I went to Emerson College in okay. Boston. Um, and I studied film there, and then I just graduated this May. Congratulations. Thanks. Uh, I can certainly tell you that I, I mean, I'm not trying to make this about me for a second, but. <laughs> go ahead. I, I wish I would have gone to film school. I'm mm-hmm. not, it's, it's never too late, you yeah. know, as they say and whatnot, yeah. but I, I'm inspired to, to meet the amount of people I've met here that mm-hmm. have had some success with film school and they, it's brought them to this festival here. Yeah. It's, it's cool to see yourself out here and Thanks. you're, you're getting some initial exposure with it. Yeah. Have you been to other film festivals? Uh, no. I think I've, this like. This is the first? This is my first one. Oh, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. They'll be appreciative of that. <laughs> yeah, as the people I've told have been like, oh, wow, yeah. look at this. But yeah, no, it's been a great festival. And I think film school, like going back off of that, I think it, like for some people it's really good for them. But other people, I think it can like hold them back. And, you know, like when you're studying something creative that you love, it can like hinder you and like draw you away from it, which yeah. of course you don't want ever, um, especially for something like this. Um, but yeah, it's never too late if you want to go. It definitely has yeah. helped in some ways and like helped me meet a lot of new people and like tried a lot of like for the longest time I was into like grip and electric kind of stuff and I was always gaffing and always like gripping and stuff um and then I was like this sucks and it's not it's not like the correct department not not correct is not the right word but it's not the most favorable department for like non-men which that's fine um it's not but like why why is it not the most favorable I think just like it's more of just like 
like heavy lifting stuff and so then they see like a non-male try to do it and they're like oh you can't do that and I've definitely had that on set but then I've met a lot of great like male cinematographers that are big at my school that I don't know that could be laughable but like <laughs> um and then they'll like believe in me and they'll see like you know I actually know what I'm doing a little bit and yeah. they'll believe in me more so I think it's definitely just like a bias thing if people just need to fix like change yeah. what they how they view it in their head but I, yeah. am, I I'm a big person that I look at a person as an individual yeah I great. do not generalize I don't try to be like oh you're this age so therefore mm-hmm. I put you into this narrow box and that's you because a bunch mm-hmm. of other people your age do that like yeah. no yeah. Life is too complicated for that, and that's one of the things I love about the filmmaking community. Yeah, is a lot of people seem to understand that. Yeah, they understand that there's not black and white in certain mm-hmm. things. There's a lot of nuance, a lot of complexity. Uh, yeah. It always makes interesting storytelling. I mean, that's why we continue to tell stories. Yeah, is because there's always something else different to explore. Yeah. So I gotta ask, kind of going back to the early yeah. stages with yourself, though, because yeah. you know you mentioned you you you're getting into the cameras at like eleven, mm-hmm. twelve, something yeah. like that. But I I I never think there's like I, I feel like people always ask the question, it's like, what was the moment you knew? Mm. That, like, I don't I, know. I don't think you could boil it into one moment, yeah. but. I'm sure there must be some things that inform the fact that you're like, maybe I could actually turn this into a profession and and do this for a living. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's been something I've been trying to figure out of like that one moment, but I don't think, like you said, I don't think think it's, yeah, it's hard to just figure that out. I think this is a little embarrassing, but like I grew up in like the general. I might have been too young. I was definitely too young for this, but like when YouTubers were a big thing, sure. I was. 10, 11, 12, and I was like doing my thing on YouTube and like making videos. And like, what were you doing on YouTube? Like, this, I would just, I, like, the, whatever the trends were back then. So I would do like, I don't, I don't even know how to explain it nowadays. And this was 10 years ago, maybe. It was like, I don't know, just like three, four minute videos and just like talking. I remember like one, and this is not like, like a good example of like all of them, but I did like pickup lines to myself and like skit, like skits. It would be like yeah, type, yeah. skits type of things. Um, and just like, I don't even know. I cannot remember for the life of me, but like yeah. classic YouTube 2010, 2013 type. Yeah. Um, I would be doing that. And like, I didn't get that big of an aud- audience, like fortunately, probably for the best, but like a lot of the kids, cause I would promote it on my Instagram and stuff. So a lot of the kids in like my town would see it and which was embarrassing sometimes, but then, randomly I'd have people like DM me on kick if you know what kick is I'm gonna be old I don't, I don't, that's okay I don't, it's I don't not know. used anymore it was probably yeah. like a good social media like a messenger app for like middle schoolers wait, for, a, wait a minute I actually weirdly enough it's, it's like black and then it has like a green text bubble yes yeah I think there was a hot minute that I used that yeah I'm not just saying that like no, you're saying okay. that and it was popular for I don't know good Holy chunk shit. of years i have not heard that in a long I know. time no wow. yeah that's my childhood but uh yeah so i would have like people dm me and be like you saved my life and i'd be like oh wow really? over yeah over these pickup lines with myself like okay that's, that's life-saving yeah i was like Holy okay shit. okay wow they could have been dramatic but it was like it was like weird and then i would even like freshman year where i haven't made a video in like mm-hmm. i don't know two years i'd have someone be like oh my god like i used to watch youtube videos all the time and i was like okay this is weird and that would be like the extent of it and that was great so I was like okay a little ego boost but I think like from there I like developed like I don't know just talking to a camera and like 
being like a personality, I guess. Did you and always like like have the comfortability to like kind of either get on camera or like get involved with it? Because yeah. I, I even find like if if you're not like an a, an actress, because this is mm-hmm. a common misconception yeah. I, I find when I talk with filmmakers and whatnot, mm-hmm. is the notion is that okay, like if somebody's gonna be in the filmmaking community and whatnot, if you're like an actor, you gotta be like super extroverted, yeah. like animating your expressions, but. The people behind the camera are expressing a different kind of vulnerability. Totally. They're still expressing a total side of themselves, and I don't ever think that it just comes easy. Yeah. Maybe for some it does, but, I mean, did it come easy for you? I think when I was younger, it was a lot easier. I was definitely shy. I would wait until nobody yeah. was around, and, like, I was home alone. But then I would edit it, and I would post it, and then my mom would still watch it on TV, like, on the YouTube app on TV, and I was yeah. like, okay. Um, but... Even now, I'm like, I'm shocked that I would do stuff like that because I'm like, I would never, I can never post on YouTube. I'm so shy now. And maybe it's just because I'm older and I'm like in a weird age where I still, like, I care still what people think. Um, But like... It gets better when you don't. Yeah. And like some days I'll be like, you know what? I can like go back on social media and do my thing because I don't know. I think it could be fun and stuff. But then I'm like, oh, no. You know, I talk about social media off and on on the podcast. If you actually go back in my library, I can't remember which episode it is, but there is an episode I did a good while ago. Um, this was before I kind of got into Film Fest, mm-hmm. where I just did like sort of a essay almost yeah. on what my thoughts are, kind of grandiose about the whole social media landscape. Yeah. I kind of consider it like a necessary evil sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do it for like my podcast and stuff and I, and I, and I love it when I can engage with people and yeah. like the DMs and stuff like yeah. that. But I'm also mindful. Like I, I've gotten like serious, like anxiety, like panic attacks from mm-hmm. like being on there too much. And like my brain won't settle down. Yeah. Like, I can't sleep and stuff yeah. like that. So I, I get. I get that it's necessary, but at the same time, I'm like, you you need to live your life and be mm-hmm. around people. I, yeah, totally. And I think a lot of people, like, my age, like, I don't know, I feel like there's a big misconception that, like, people my age don't feel that way. I'm, like, Gen Z, just yeah. for the podcast. Sure. So, yeah. like, we grew up with social media, but, like, I think a lot of us, like, agree that it's what you said. It's, like, just yeah. awful sometimes, but, like, you need it. And it just I mean, because if you think about it, I mean, now COVID going back to that yeah. just because that's kind of when there was a lot more virtual opportunities yeah. and stuff and and i know that this was actually a film festival i, I correct me i was about to say, correct me if i'm wrong because <laughs> i have a board member standing here yeah. but i think they had to do one or two of their years virtual because mm. of all the yeah. you know pandemic and everything going on with that mm-hmm. but it's just not the same yeah. i mean like us yeah. sitting across from each other right here I mean, sure, I might be able to, you know, come across and have mm-hmm. a good conversation virtually just because yeah. I, I can trust my people skills, but right. it's it's not the same. Yeah, it's harder to connect. Just it's, it's, it's harder to connect, and yeah. I just think it's it's less authentic, it's less real, and it's just less human. Totally. It's not sound too grandiose, but I mean, yeah. people are meant, we're social creatures. Yeah. We're meant to be around people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Where do you get your influences from? Saying that you have any, I mean, in yeah. the first place, maybe you don't have like a direct one where you're just yeah. like, they're my hero. I have to draw off of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that. I think a lot, I don't know. I don't know if people can make this comparison, but I think a lot of like, especially like intermission is very like before Sunrise trilogy, like Richard Linklater, where it's I'm, like just I, I have an embarrass- embarrassing thing. I've never okay. seen them. It's okay. Pretty much. I, I, and I know they get a lot of street cred in the indie mm-hmm. community yeah, and yeah. I definitely want to do it. It's little, a li- little niche thing. Little quick story on it though, because I, I definitely like Richard Linklater is fantastic. Yeah, Boyhood, yeah. phenomenal. He's got some great movies, but mm-hmm. 
My cheap ass has not wanted to buy the Criterion Collection on Blu-ray to pay you. the 50 bucks. Yeah. I haven't. That's like the cheapest I've seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't blame you. I'm sorry. Continue, yeah. though. It's okay. To to make you feel less embarrassed. I haven't, I don't think I've seen any of his other films besides like the before Sunrise Trilogy. And I don't oh, think really? I've even saw the last one yet. Oh, okay. I don't know. You have to be in the right headspace because yeah. pretty much it's just like two people having a conversation a whole entirely night. dialogue driven. Yeah, it's yeah. so dialogue. I if I remember correctly, there isn't much that drives anything like action wise. Um, it's all conversation. I think that's awesome. And I don't know. I know my film can be a bit of a like an acquired taste because it's kind of similar to that, where it's like all conversation essentially. Yeah. Um, and so not a lot of people like that, and I understand that because it's all just like, especially nowadays, people like stimulation. So yeah. and that's a different conversation. But like, yeah. So I knew. Like, my film would be a little bit difficult in that regard. Um, but that's what I, I like conversations like this. I like having, like, the humanness to it. And I mm-hmm. think that really shines in my film. Have, um, you sh- have you shown your movie to a lot of people? Um, I mean, outside of this yeah, festival, yeah, of course. Yeah, not too many. It screened at, like, my school um, for maybe, like, 125 were in the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was kind of cool. Not all of them were strangers, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of them were my peers and stuff and, like, professors, and so that was really cool. But, like, I think this is one where it showed to a lot of people and all of them were strangers pretty much. So yeah. that was really cool to see. Where do you think you're going to take yourself from here? It's Good a million-dollar question. question. Yeah, great question. Yeah. I'm going to – so right now, Intermission is, like, still running through festivals and stuff. Um, what other festivals are going to go through? good question i can't remember right now but it has been accepted into some others um a couple there's been some online ones and so okay i mean they've been okay they haven't online film festivals like we said they're not I, always the greatest sometimes i, like, I, I don't want to diminish them i mean no, like, yeah, i get it sure. there's an audience to serve on that but it's a different I, energy than in-person yeah. ones as i've seen through this one energy I, i'm actually glad you brought up the energy yeah. thing, just with the people in the conversation and whatnot because that's something where if i dare say i have a sixth sense where i can kind of feed off the vibe of the room and kind of figure mm-hmm. out how people are feeling and kind of the, the overall vibe and whatnot yeah. it's incredibly important yeah i mean you, you want people to feel comfortable i want people to feel relaxed uh just being truthful and being happy to be there yeah um I don't sense that in virtual environments. Yeah. I can't. It's tough. No. One of my one of the festivals I got into, it was it was a great festival and it was a great program, but it was just the way they were screening everything, it was like they didn't give us a time when yeah. we were screening and so it was like hard and it was a big it was a big time like um, time we could be shown and so it was like I don't know, I can't sit on here all day and Right. It's just like on Zoom and I can't like it's hard to interact with people that way. Yeah. yeah. Also I mean like just like there's a lot of distractions. I mean, like, yeah. I could, like, just be, like, a dick and get on my phone, or I could just, yeah. you know, like, turn the camera off. You don't even know if yeah. I'm there. It's just, like, yeah. no. I'm one of those, uh, like... Let's not do that. Yeah, I'm one of those annoying people where, I'm like, I'm in the movie theater, and that's how I want to see a movie, because it's, yeah. like, there's no distractions. You Hopefully. still go, you, I'm assuming then you go to the theater a lot? Oh, yeah. I'm going to plug AMC A-List. Go for it. It's awesome. You, I mean, I know AMC theaters, but what's the, what's the A-List? What's okay, that? this is awesome. Yeah, plug it. Everyone, everyone I know in the world has AMC A-list. Okay. Fortunately, that's a good thing about film school. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but pretty much you pay, it might be different, but if you want to watch a movie in any state, it's $25 a month. Okay. And you're like, that's a lot, but movie ticket is like $20. But you see a you see a movie and a half and you pay it off and you can right. see up to 12 movies a, a month. So really? you can see three a week. And you're like, why would I see three movies a week? July and August were great, great movie times. And I definitely, I think I saw... The weeks are weird how they lay it out because mm-hmm. it's a movie theater. But I think I probably saw four, 
four or five in a calendar week, and that was it was a great time. He has some favorite movies this year. I mean, it's been a oh very odd year because of the strikes and everything. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I'm sure you've still been seeing stuff. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of stuff. Um, my favorite movies this year are not. I don't think anyone else's favorite movies. My number one of this year is a Super Mario Brothers movie. I have not seen it. It yet. was a great movie. I think it's just like it hits everything perfectly that you mm-hmm. want in a great film. And it that just sounds I, a lot. I say that to everyone, and they're like, "What the heck?" Because my favorite film last year was Lightyear, and I was like, okay. "Nobody <laughs> liked that movie." But I was like, the same thing. I was smiling the whole time. I was crying. Yeah. And it was like I don't I don't remember if I cried during the Mario Brothers movie, but. It was awesome. I was Are there moments the whole worth time. crying about in the movie? I mean, I'm I honestly sure it, can't remember. Sure even though it's my favorite sometimes. movie. Yeah, it's my favorite movie of the year. I can't remember most of what happened. Do you own the movie or do you? Like... No, I saw it in theaters, but okay. I think it's. I don't know if it's streaming or anything yet. When you consume your content, at least from like a home viewer perspective, mm-hmm. I mean, are you streaming stuff? You, you yeah. still buy like the 4Ks, Blu-rays, um, anything like that? No, I don't think I have anything that takes yeah. Blu-ray, unfortunately. But streaming. It, I will always yeah. advocate for physical media just to yeah. get that get that out of the way. That's a, yeah. uh, I'm somebody that pushes for that. Yeah. Um, I will tell you this. This, this is kind of like my two cents mm-hmm. on it. I'm not going to go on a whole tirade That's about okay. the social That's media, okay. physical yeah, yeah. media landscape. But um, one of the worst things I think that can happen, unfortunately, with streaming is due to the accessibility of it and how many different platforms there are on it, when it doesn't get a physical release, there's this weird black hole effect that happens, for lack of a better mm. word, where... A great movie I could see. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. movie. When I get done with watching it, it almost becomes like more disposable yeah. where like it just kind of fades into the list. Like mm-hmm. it's just like, great, it's off my list now. And now yeah. it's just kind of out there somewhere. Totally. And it can be less, uh, it can be less memorable, I guess. Like I just, yeah. I don't really feel like I'm crediting the artist that well. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I'm sure. I mean, I'd like to say like they'll, they'll see the data algorithms that yeah, are showing yeah. my, my viewership of it, mm-hmm. but. With all the strike stuff happening, yeah, streamers are pretty shitty with their data, yeah. so I don't really know. So I don't know. I just I try to push for the home um, the home viewership when it comes to physical media because I feel like I'm actually contributing to the artist yeah. more. It's physical ownership. Yes, I know it takes up space and the shelves <laughs> and everything like that, but that's also why you got to be selective yeah. about the films that you purchase exactly. on there. Totally. Um, so didn't mean to throw that out that's there, but okay. it's just it's a constant thread. If you listen to my yeah, podcast, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll push for it. There's actually a, a guy. If you're ever interested in that subject, I try to plug him whenever I can. <laughs> um, films at home. It's okay. a YouTube channel. His name's Jeff on there. He's actually out of uh, Boston. Okay. Uh, never met him myself. I've corresponded with him once trying to get him on my podcast. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. was a long time ago, so who knows? Um, all he does is talk about home viewership and That's media, awesome. and he's yeah. very knowledgeable dude. Nice. Um, but for yourself, kind of tying back to yourself and your film, yeah. um, have you worked on other films before? Yeah. So another great thing about film school is that everyone, especially at Emerson, everyone is doing like anything all the time, and so... Each semester, I'd probably work on five to, like, ten films a semester, which is crazy. So, like, every weekend would be filmed up, or filled up with films. Um, Filmed up kind of works, though, too. I know. Maybe I'll (laughs) trademark it. Um, But, yeah, so, yeah, I worked as a lot of different things. It was mostly, like I said, like, G&E stuff, because that's kind of where I found, like, where I fit in. And then I quickly, like, worked my way up in, like, the Emerson hierarchy as, like, a pretty solid, like, known grip gaffer whatever i was working for the longest time to be like a dp and like i never necessarily got that opportunity but i think by the time i did get that opportunity i was like i don't want to do this it's like i realized i don't enjoy sets as much i just i don't know i don't know if it was the student film set environment where it was just 
everyone's trying to do their own thing and they also want to show that they're like big leaders in some way but then it we're so young that we don't know how to be great leaders and this is a great place to learn but it can be yeah. just toxic sometimes and I'm not saying that I never was like the greatest most friendliest all the time and like right. didn't ever like I don't know sets can be really confusing and it's hard to I don't know I don't know what I'm trying to say but it, it student film sets can be tough sometimes um, and I definitely was a contributor to that and I like accept that but then you like it's a good place to learn and grow so that you don't do that in the professional world and I definitely have learned from mistakes and I think a lot of people have as well you know something I would say about just kind of trying to whether it's trying to figure out who you are as yeah. an individual and especially in this crazy film community and the, the whole landscape of cinema and whatnot it, it's such a broad feel like when someone mm -hmm. says like oh I want to be a filmmaker mm -hmm. That can mean an awful lot so of things. So many things, yeah. And at the age that you're at and at the age that a lot of other people are kind of at leading up to that, mm -hmm. here's how I'll try to kind of contextualize this yeah. a little bit. So everybody, at least up until the age of 18, is kind of on a expected trajectory. Mm -hmm. First grade, second grade, third grade. Like, you're kind of conditioned to go through this path where, like, there's an expected end goal and you know where you're kind of going. And then the weird part is that when you get past that, saying that you actually go to college, which not mm -hmm. everybody does, yeah. if you're entering into the, the film space, which is full of creatives, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that's a bad thing, yeah. but you get too many creatives together, yeah, there can sometimes be loss of reality, loss mm -hmm. of logistics, practicality, things like that. Thank God there are, are business-minded people yeah. or people that are more project management-oriented to come in. And they see the heart that these people have and their skill, and so they obviously work together to make yeah. it work. But I have to find it, I have to assume anyway that it must be challenging for yourself when you're kind of entering into that just to be like, well, yeah, I want to be a filmmaker, but like, am I more comfortable in front of the camera, like behind it? Do I like set design? Do I like costume design? Do I like location scouting? Like, yeah. How do you figure that out? That's I mean, other question. than just by yeah. learning by doing. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just doing. So, like, getting just experience in any way. Like, even, like, I've never technically PA'd, I don't think. No. I'm trying to remember. But, like, even just being a PA on set, you, like, learn a lot. And just, even, like, if you just step foot on a set, you're not anything. Not that anyone would let you do that, just sit on a set. But, like... They don't let you just sit on the set? I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. I think they can be a little, like, NDA. We don't want this to get uh, out. Or, like, I'm safety. Saying. I don't know. There's a few concerns. But, like... Just sitting on a set and just like watching it happen, I think you can learn a lot. And you can be like, oh, I don't know if I want to do set design because that's a lot of like things I'm not interested in. Or like sure. a lot of grip stuff is heavy lifting and like working with your hands. And I don't know if I want to do that. So I think just like getting the experience for me, it was it was good to like be like, okay, I know how to do this and I have like the knowledge and I'm fully capable of doing it right. if I need to. Uh, but it's not something I'm passionate about. But like then, like now I want to be like a writer. And so. That's been something that's been like a constant thing in my life for a while. And then I uh, had my little dip of like genie and cinematography and then I came back to writing. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely just something with experience and just trying new things. Now, when it comes to the writing, um, where are you kind of wanting the writing? I mean, you want to mm. stick with film, you know, television, like yeah. documentaries. I mean, like where, where does that go? Yeah, I mostly want to be like a television writer, like comedy TV. Okay. Uh, which is yeah, so actually, unlike. Actually, I remember you telling me that like, yeah, you're, you're interested yeah, yeah. in comedy. Yeah. yeah, it's so like unlike intermission. I think intermission is just like a black sheep of my mind. I definitely much. didn't laugh. So yeah. Well, there there was some jokes. I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely not 
It's weird if you're laughing, I think. <laughs> yeah. Have you, I, I feel like that's actually something that can happen uh, sometimes at a film festival. Not, mm-hmm. not with your film specifically, yeah. but sometimes a person hasn't seen their movie with an audience. And yeah. then, like, there's moments where you're just like, why in the hell are they chuckling at that? Oh or, God, like, you're yeah. just like, why is this playing like this? It's, yeah. It's super weird. I was sitting on a film this morning, and th- these two, like, like this group of people was just laughing so hard. It's like, wait, I thought this was a horror. Right. So I was like, I don't know if the director wanted them to be laughing or not, but I was like, this is so interesting. So I was like, yeah. I really want to be at the screening in mind to see how it reads to, like, a whole new audience I don't know. How did it feel when you when you screen yours? My mom asked me that and I was like, it felt normal. And I yeah. was like, I think whenever you look at your own work, you're very critical. And sure. with my, with Intermission, it was my senior thesis film. And so at Emerson, how it worked is like, you have one semester to complete the film from start to finish. We could do like pre-pro and that was awesome, like beforehand. So that was great because we were so logistical and organized. But it was all filmed in one semester and like completely edited colored and sound design and everything all in one, and composed in one semester and i think i'll say it like it can it shows like some of the like post was all done in a month and it was like i love it and it's great and it's i said it at like the initial screening i had of it at emerson it was like it was a good like encapsulation if that's a word of like all of our skill sets at that time and what we could do in a month or because we shot in like six or two weekends um and so it was like this isn't going to be absolutely perfect because right. it needs to be done in a semester. But like, this is great for what we did in a month, and like everyone put so much time and energy into it, and nobody was getting paid. So it was like, this is awesome, and you put this much energy and time into it. And I was so proud of everyone. Um, but like looking back at it, I'm like, oh, I wish you spent more time doing this and this and this. But it was like yeah. we just didn't have time, and it, I could have edited it more like after the fact. But I was like, you know what? This is this is like our skill set at this time and like what we could do in this time frame deadlines are important to yeah have because if you had infinite amount of time even you know you factor money into mm-hmm. it yeah some people might think it's it's ideal to have all the money in the world to be able to create their vision yeah but then it's kind of maddening if you have like just infinite pockets like there's no there's no limits yeah you know and you need certain uh constraints and, and mm-hmm. a certain direction to be able to go on that so yeah. I, I think it's i think it's needed yeah and even like I don't think I'll ever do anything with like special effects or anything, but like even that's so ex- like that kind of stuff is so expensive. But like doing it practical, like as we've seen in the last couple of years, like Oppenheimer, I think right was yeah. all practical. Like that was awesome. Like all those effects were awesome, and so it was like you don't need all this money. Maybe Oppenheimer I shouldn't use as an example, but like you know what I mean. Like just yeah. being able to like use your brain and like that sounds bad, but like no, it's being able fine. to like think outside the box is what I mean, and like figure that out is like cool and awesome and i think it even like works even without like special effects where it's like how do we put this light here but there's no room in the hallway to do this and you know xyz so so i gotta get your take on something yeah since you're wanting to go down the writing road you want to be a writer Uh comedy television artificial intelligence what's going on with that uh i don't put much thought to it except i don't want it (laughs) like we don't it shouldn't be needed yeah i'm pretty much like no i don't really I don't know. I don't see that much of a benefit to it. Even in school, I like I don't understand. I understand why kids use like AI and stuff for their homework and stuff. But I'm like, how are you going to learn? And I think it's the like I think you can use the same principle like for writing. It's like even if you're the most experienced writer in the world, like you're still learning and it's like how are you going to learn from not using your brain you know what i mean yeah there, there's a level of critical thinking and, and work that you have to put on your mind to be able to do it and i i i would actually worry you know, weirdly enough from an educational level but i mean 
if you have a system that's sophisticated as like you know say chat gpt mm-hmm. which is what most people know of yeah. artificial intelligence and it's it's generating stuff for you i mean it's not that you can use it as like a tool yeah, for certain cases yeah. but i i mean there's so much just human complexity and nuance that it's not going to capture and even if it mm-hmm. did i'm not going to feel comfortable watching or appreciating yeah. somebody's work knowing that this came from that yeah but i think i don't know i, I guess i'm i'm a little fearful of it maybe and yeah. it's just that entertainment industry aside it has wider reaching implications mm-hmm. and i kind of get afraid sometimes with technology like this that once the ball gets rolling and the ball is indeed rolling yeah yeah, yeah. i don't know if there's a way to get it stopped yeah i think like I don't know. I don't know if I've put not that much thought to it because I'm just like, that would never happen because it's so just stupid. Like, I understand the financials and studios want to cut money and, like, don't want to That's not the right place to cut money. Yeah, it's like, that's... No. If you want people watching your stuff, you got to do it. And it's just, I don't know. To me, it's, like, unbelievable. It's like, if you want to cut money, I mean, I'm not acting at all for the record that I know how to finance an entire film and and do everything (laughs) like that, but... If you're going to do that, it's like you, you save money on material, save money on like different locations. Yeah. You, you do stuff practically smart with mm-hmm. that. But when it comes to the human voice and the creative that goes into it, yeah, I don't think any amount of money or software is going to discount that. Yeah, it's like I, the hardest I, thing. Yeah. Even like even if you are a human, it's still hard to capture that like emotion sometimes. And so it's like, yeah. why get rid of it entirely? And honestly, if you're looking at the the whole of movies as a you know movie movies entertainment art uh, in this particular medium being film, it's to try to understand the human experience yeah. more. I mean that's yeah. that's how I look at. It. I mean it's not it's not to say like I don't laugh. I mean like, yeah. it sounds like you're trying to understand the human experience. Yeah. And it sounds so self serious. But and laughter stuff, is but part of that. Yes. Yeah. Humor humor is absolutely part of it. Fucking up's part of it. Yeah. Um, just human nature. Yeah understanding different cultures that's one of the best things we learn yeah. uh, uh, about films is understanding different people's life experiences yeah. uh, and I guess what I'm trying to say with this is that you, you tie this back to artificial intelligence I mean it, it's got it doesn't have a place yeah it's like, not us yeah that's why I just I don't I be. can't believe that it is even a, up for debate you know yeah. what I mean like, I don't understand like I mean like that's you know, if the AMPTP, which is the associate, um, it's essentially the, the producers' guild that represents like Paramount and all the mm-hmm. all the big places, I find it actually very strange. To be perfectly honest, I don't know how closely you follow the strikes, mm-hmm. but the WGA, Ben Vocal, yeah. SAG, AFTRA, Ben yeah. Vocal, yep. AMPTP. It's very strange to me that they either haven't tried to put themselves mm-hmm. more publicly into like what their opinion is on it because. Mm-hmm. Here's how I try to kind of try to look at this, yeah. okay, and see if you follow me. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'll tell you myself. So I won't say where I work, but mm-hmm. I work in finance. That's like my my day job. Yeah, I work for a credit union. Yeah. Okay. Now, one of the things that you hear sometimes in that world is you hear people say like, you know, credit unions for the people, community, mm-hmm. banks, bad. Mm-hmm. You know, the devil. They're just about like profits and yeah. stocks and you know, screw the people. But there are people yeah. that work in those. And do I really pretend that they're all money-grubbing bastards yeah. that don't care? Yeah. No. Right. I do not. AMPTP, the studio system. I mean, I know it's, like, easy to just be like, the studios are greedy, you right. know, just cockroaches that are just encroaching yeah. on the creatives. But I don't 
think they're all like that. Yeah. I, I'm not trying to be like a neutral person. It's right. just like, oh, everybody's yeah. got a place. Like, yeah. No, like the, the, the studios in this are absolutely wrong. I, yeah. I, I definitely think they're on the wrong side of history with this. Yeah. But I also think that if we're going to have any sort of resolution to this, um, especially for the writers and whatnot, they got to come to the table and be, you know, they need to be better about how they're communicating yeah. this because right now any their public per- the public perception on them is that basically they're a bunch of people that dehumanize writers yeah. and don't give a shit yeah. about you guys and yeah. I think that's wrong so. yeah yeah, it's weird they haven't done anything to try to like combat that. You know what I mean? Because it's like, or at the even like state their opinion. Yeah. I mean, I'm a pretty open-minded guy, and like, yeah. if if you if you say something, I don't have to agree with it, but say something. Yeah. You're saying like, nothing. Give us a side. Yeah. I don't see nothing. Yeah. So I see your mother's over there in the in the corner. <laughs> I, I just have to comment about that. So she's out yes. here with you. Yeah. Yeah. She's been supportive of you the whole time, not to like put you on yeah. the record. No, like, yeah. like, say good things about your mom now. Yeah, she's a great mom. <laughs> no, yeah, she's been supportive of me forever. Like, I think my whole family, fortunately, I know it's like a big trope where a lot of families don't support their artists, rel- no. family relatives. Yeah, I, um, I know. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, like, fortunately for me, I think my family's been very supportive of that, yeah. which has been great. Like, I got to go to film school, and that was awesome. Yeah. And, like, they've supported me, like, when I needed to make films for high school and all this kind of stuff. And so. It's been great. So, yeah, she's been very supportive of me this whole time. I think it matters a lot, and I try to tell anybody that's listening that cares about film, or maybe, you know, I I know there's a number of aspiring filmmakers that listen to this podcast, and they're kind of trying to figure out a path for themselves, but there's absolutely employable things in this. Like, don't just think, like, oh, I have to be a starving artist that, you know, shakes their tin cup out in the corner to get paid. No, there's practical stuff in this. I know a handful of people that work in this industry, and yes, like they are an artist at their core and they produce mm-hmm. stuff, but they also will do commercial work. Yeah, they lend themselves out to um, you know advertisements, mm-hmm. commercial projects, even like corporate conferences and things like yeah. that. They need video and media and yeah. things like that. So yeah. I, I try to tell people like, oh, open your minds a little bit. Yeah. There's a lot of work that's actually out there. It might not, sure, it might not be artistically satisfying. Yeah. I, you've probably heard the expression where, like, sometimes I feel like there's even the most great Artur filmmakers do the one for you, one for me. Like, mm. I'll make, like, the shitty yeah, blockbuster yeah, yeah. movie if you give me the money to make yeah, what I totally. really want to make. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Same thing kind of applies here. Yeah. So. You got to do what you got to do to, like, yeah. get to that point where you can do whatever you want. You can be the Artur and do what you want. Pretty much. Yeah. So what's the what's the rest of the year? Like rest of the mic. year yeah um well like i was kind of just saying i have to i have to make some money because i'm trying to move to la money um, does matter money matters especially nowadays um so you're trying to move to la yeah so in january i'm hoping to like move out there and like start all of that and like i don't know if the strikes will be over by then i'm starting to think maybe not but I, yeah. who knows who knows at that point i was hopeful that Perhaps if they came back to the table, which I know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if you heard, and perhaps I'm off in my updates on this, because it's very fast-moving yeah. story and whatnot, but the last I heard, at least for WGA, is that the studios did come back to the table fairly recently, mm-hmm. I heard, Yeah, but... It was sort of a joke in that they basically just kind of came back from what I heard, and they're just like, yeah, remember that first counter offer? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that great? Yeah, I think I heard the same thing. And, and it's, it's like, like, they didn't really what? bring anything new, like, they were just trying to, like, do a different level of persuasion to say the same yeah. shit that they said before, and it's like, 
No, yeah, that that's not doing do it. That. Yeah. So that being said, I thought it was maybe gonna wrap up in like November. That was kind of yeah. like that's kind of like my ballpark. I yeah. I'm not that wishful on that. It's yeah. sad. I've heard rumors. Uh, I think well, it was publicized that somebody in the studio said that they're trying to hold out on anything until forever, so that they can have like just a. They said like a like a dark Christmas or something like that of just nothing. And I was like that. Who leaked that? Because now that's just fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so hearing about that again, I've been like revisiting a lot since I've been here and talking to like more filmmakers. I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be, if the strike will be over in January, uh, but I'm still going to go out there and like, there's a number of things I can do to like prepare before then. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like writing my own stuff, obviously not giving out to agents, managers, whatever, but like writing my own stuff and like working with my friends yeah. and like, getting all these things really like re- what's i can't think of a word like really nice and polished up yeah. um so like when the strike does end i can try to go work and pitch and do you, make do you have any of idea it. of like how you would support yourself yeah multiple jobs right now i do like freelance script reading and like uh like script coverage what, uh, what, what does that entail so that? i get a few scripts a week and i kind of just read them and give notes and like be a little more critical fortunately the company i work for i don't know if i should say them or not so i'm just gonna leave it anonymous. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's fine yeah. yeah but i really enjoy them because they pride themselves on being like kind and like trying to build up writers and nice. rather than i don't know i feel like a lot of hollywood is tearing people down sometimes it is a, um, a stereotype yeah you know? it's 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 tough to make it through sometimes but the company I work for is like very supportive, which I really enjoy. It's great. Um, and so I give a lot of feedback to a lot of scripts every week and like, depending on the contest they submit for, um, cause this company really just wants to help, help writers. And so when the strike wasn't happening, they would work with agents and managers and do all this stuff. Um, and so that was a great company, but, um, besides that, that doesn't unfortunately pay very well. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, just getting other side jobs and just working that way. Um, but when I get to LA, I probably will be back in the service industry. Probably. So you like it's by not service dream, industry? Are they like like restaurants? Like, like yeah, is it like the cliche? Something. I had to wait tables for ten years to yeah. get my break, kind of thing. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? I'm being like more hopeful about it. I know that's not everyone's dream, but like that's how you meet people, and that's how you get life experience, and that's how you can like tell more stories. Um, yeah. So it's like I don't know. I'm not trying to exploit that, but like. Just no. living my life and trying to make money to support myself. But at the same time, I, you know, I I know from experience there is a temptation to take the safe road, for yeah. lack of a better word, to, mm-hmm. to hold on to stability. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you being here from the Midwest and being as long as I've been here in Iowa, which, which is arguably most of my life. Yeah creatives are not always well understood i, I think yeah. i think the states come a long way yeah. since then wh- yeah. which i'm very grateful for um i used to feel very alone for a long time mm-hmm. like not feeling like i had a community of yeah. people that kind of understood the the craziness that's yeah. inside a creative person yeah. that just is obsessed with this stuff um but, hang on what i'm, I'm trying <laughs> so I, I lost the point for a second you might okay. you might actually have to reel me back in what, what was i just saying your community in iowa and it was hard yeah, yeah, the no, the, the the community and I was hard, and I think that's what I'm trying to get back to is the sustainability factor yeah. of it. Is mm-hmm. you know I, the the money side of this is very important, and yeah. I I want anybody that's doing this that is doing it with quality. I mean, let's let's be real. I mean, I'm not gonna just like brazenly call anybody an artist yeah. because they do something because some art, frankly, is not 
profitable. Yeah. I mean, right. it's, it's yeah. not. I, yeah. I don't want to be a dick. I don't want to diminish anybody's truth. talent, but yeah. it's the truth. And I just want people to kind of understand that if you want people to if you want to support art, you really want to support like actual artists. Yeah. You put the money where the mouth is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that means a lot of different things. Now, if it's somebody that's like somebody like myself, you know, you can, you know, crowdfund stuff. You can, you know, some people have like Patreon and things like right, that. Yeah. It helps yeah. for sure. It yeah. helps. Um, but I try to also tell people too, that it's like, if you got to, you know, bust your ass and work a service industry job for a while yeah. there, I mean, there's no, there's, there's no, uh, I don't want to try to say like there's no like disrespect yeah. like with that or anything like yeah. that like it's honest work yeah um and if you're going to make it in this industry or any industry you got to work totally there's yeah. no there's no way around that yeah yeah unless you're like born rich but even then if it's you're like born with you a silver spoon to. in your mouth pass that spoon over here yeah. i'll happily take like, some give of it, it over, but... <laughs> please yeah no it's definitely tough like even connecticut I know it's like more of a like metropolitan area around where in between yeah, I've New never York been and to Boston, Connecticut before. That's fine. You're not missing anything. I was going to say, what, what, what if I guess if somebody thinks of Connecticut or they're like tropes because like Iowa is like corn, yeah, right? Yeah, Connecticut would be it's it's literally a commuter state, like you go in between ooh, you go in between yeah, okay. um that was. Oh, it's your phone. that's my phone oh, it's okay. fine. And, and also your your driver's so license fell out everything. there so let's, i'll remember like, it let's make I'll sure that that doesn't stay yeah. there <laughs> yeah hopefully not um but yeah connecticut's known just for being a commuter state in between all of new york it's in between new york and massachusetts so it's like yeah nobody really stays but it's like it's like there's not as big of a film community there and i was just talking to someone who um, is from Hartford, the the capital of Connecticut. I have heard of that. <laughs> yeah, yep. so, I don't know all the cat. Like, I can't. What's the capital of Iowa? I should know. I'm gonna, holy shit! It's Des Moines. Okay. Let's actually. I'm gonna, I I'm think gonna fact that's check, right. I'm gonna fact check myself. This I is think that's this is right. literally pathetic. I I've, I've been that's in Iowa okay. most of my life, and I'm fact checking myself. No, that's okay. Capital. I think because I've been in Iowa for like a week now, and I'm like hearing all the names of towns. I'm like, <laughs> it's not Ames. It's definitely not Ames. Iowa capital. Oh, thank God it is Des Moines. Des Moines? I'm not failing the state. Thank, thank goodness. That's okay. <laughs> Don't let anybody hear you. No, it's fine. But yeah. It's not like I'm putting this out there. Nobody's going to listen to There you to go. This. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I think just finding a community in a place like that where there's not as many people. Like this kid, he started, I don't actually, I don't know how old they are, but yeah. this guy, he started his own film company in Hartford and he tried to live in LA and like did his yeah. own thing. And then was like, I don't like it here. And that's totally fine. And he did his own have you, thing. Have you been to L.A. before? Yeah. I, I okay. did a semester that's, in L.A. for Yeah. It's not my favorite place. But no. it, for comedy, television, writing, I mean, you can't the, be really it's anywhere the, it's else. It's the mecca. You know? Yeah. It's, it's the place where it's at. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go in with a even opener mind this time when I go around. Because it's like I know this is where I kind of have to be. There's probably like five other cities I could be. but Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm happy the that it's changing that it's not so california mm-hmm. focused i mean like i'm not yeah i guess i mean like i get it like it, it's like the pilgrimage to go out there and yeah. get discovered i mean yeah. like i'm not discounting that totally obviously it's d- been done for decades because yeah. it works mm-hmm. not for a lot but right. it works yeah um but i am happy that there are other spaces for people you know like the the, the cities i know we'll see if there's any yeah, yeah, that you, that you yeah, are yeah. familiar with so like obviously austin texas yeah a lot of stuff going on there. Seattle, yeah. Yeah. got stuff going on there. Atlanta. Uh, Col- Colorado, Denver, Colorado, yeah. Atlanta, Georgia, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. Um, even, of course, New York. Yeah. You know, yeah. plenty, Big plenty one. of stuff yeah. going on there. Um, but Midwest wise, 
Yeah. I, I, I can't quite say that there's, like, a place that's really sustainable arts-wise on yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we have some great pockets of community here. I, I would say if, you know, because you're not an Iowa native. Yeah. I mean, I'll plug these guys quick because I'm going to yeah. go to their festival here next month. Yeah. You check out Film Scene mm-hmm. in Iowa City. That's a place you'd absolutely love. Great. Art House Cinema, they got two theaters. They're very tightly connected with the University of Iowa. Um, And they definitely will play anything from, you know, they'll play like Barbie and stuff like that that sells. But they also will play stuff that is, uh, you know, foreign films, Mm -hmm. uh, really artistically merited films that have some weight and and challenge people. You know, I mean, it's... Probably, I mean, it's probably one of the best examples I can think of in the state of Iowa yeah. that has that. So if you check that out, yeah, yeah, yeah. they will be happy about that. Yeah. Um, they're, they're fantastic. But um, I'm not I'm not against people going to California and stuff. Yeah. I mean, shit, I'm sure if I ever do get out there myself and check it out, I might be, you know, just like fall in love with it and just be yeah. like, honey, we're moving. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful place, great place to hike. And so I think that's a great, like... You like outdoors? So I, I did when I went to LA. Like okay. I never, I didn't exercise as much as, like I exercised so much in LA more than I ever have in my life. Well, I mean, why? Like just, I don't know. I think it was, I was in the culture and I was like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> I ate so healthy. It was awesome. I mean, that's um, good. Yeah. So I should definitely go back. But like, yeah, sorry if is, I was ruining you. No, it's been good. Some like deep fried food. It's been, it's been solid. Did you have the pork tenderloin here yet? Yeah. I didn't realize that was just an Iowa thing. It, it is an Iowa thing. I, yeah. I think it's a little overblown, but that's just, just me. Uh, tenderloin, but, yeah. but people, people around here, they go crazy for it. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen. Yeah. It's good. It's good. I won't disrespect Iowa. No, it's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> I think you say exactly what you want to say. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, L.A., I have my pros and cons, but I'm excited to, like, move out there and, like, get back into a film community that's more widespread. Would you sure. be living on your own? I mean, you get, like, yeah. roommates? Because, obviously, Midwesterners, mm-hmm. all we hear is how expensive it is. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people say that to me, and I'm like, I understand. But I was in Boston for three years for, for college. And it's a big Bo- place. It's a big place, but surprisingly, Boston is more expensive than L.A., Really? Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people tell me that. So maybe I'm wrong and it's changed, but a lot of like articles I've seen just like comparing it, like a one bedroom in Boston, you can maybe get for two k maybe a month. Yeah, that's two k. Yeah, I think Sorry, saying that like, in the Midwest, that's crazy. Out of my head yeah. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, and I mean, uh, in LA, it's not that considerably different, but it's like I could try to get one for eighteen hundred in some neighborhoods, and but it's like. It's like the amenities are so much better, like parking and yeah. XYZ and laundry and unit in Boston. It's not the same. Um, not that I've ever tried to look for. I try to look for an apartment in Boston, but it's just so expensive yeah. and without getting. Do you know anybody out in L.A.? Yeah. So okay. uh, at school, a lot of people I knew were actually from L.A. And so fortunately, they're like there and they have like their family and stuff. And so that's been yeah. a bit of an easier transition for them. Um, but then I did like a semester in LA with my school. And so a lot of people stayed there after, or they're planning on moving around the same time I am. Sure. Um, but when I go there, I don't know, I might have roommates. I might live on my own. Um, I, I would want to live on my own, but I'm also so young. So it like, if I need to live with roommates, I'll do that. I mean, I'll tell you this as, as a person that's now in their early thirties, I mean, it's, it's bomb to live on your own. I mean, yeah. I don't know if that, I, people say that, <laughs> but uh, it's it's awesome. I yeah. mean, I definitely like when I was in school, I did not have like the like I made best friends with yeah, my college yeah, roommate. Yeah. I had some weird roommates Me in school. Too. Yeah, <laughs> I I got matched yeah. with some of them. I, yeah. I didn't really. I have like a social system in there, and it was not 
not great. I was yeah. all too happy when I got mm-hmm. to be on my own. But then, of course, now I have my wife, and now I'm like very happy to be married. Like she's yeah. great to live with, so it's totally fine. Yeah. But out there, obviously, you got to do what you have to do out there. But I, yeah. I do have a question about this. Yeah. If, if you know about yeah. it, because how long have you been out in LA before? Because you've been uh, there. Yeah, it was like maybe three, four months, maybe. Okay, well, definitely longer than I've ever been. So That's you have okay. better experience yeah, on it yeah. than me to talk about it. Yeah. But I have to imagine that. With here, with everybody saying how expensive it is, and, you know, they, they kind of say, oh, it's too expensive, like, you'll mm-hmm. never make it, you'll never make it, there's yeah. all this doubt. All the people in L.A., I imagine, must be familiar with this whole, you know, stereotype that it's so expensive to live mm-hmm. out there, and because so much of their economy is based on the creative arts yeah. and everything that's going on out there, I would almost actually have to imagine that there's almost more of a... I don't know, like, like, like an unspoken understanding maybe, or maybe they talk about it, of just protecting each other and like mm-hmm. supporting each other and like making sure that you're not sleeping in your car and stuff like that. Or maybe it's just mm. cutthroat as shit yeah. and it's just like, no, I'm trying to live my dreams. I don't have money to pay for you. Do you know yeah. what I mean? I do. And I don't know if I have too much to say about that, but yeah. I would imagine, I don't know... There is like a major like homeless population out in LA, especially, yeah. and that's like the a whole huge, like Skid Row thing and everything. Yeah, it's and it's not great, unfortunately. No. And I don't know what to say. I don't know much about it, but I know. I think it's a bigger problem than what you or I could solve. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend and like oh, I know. All I the know how to do it. That. Yeah, no, it's no. it's an unfortunate situation, and it's just. So I don't know how well people try to, like, protect and help each other. I mean, but... I would hope. I would hope, like, buddies and friends try to do that. But it is, like, I think you go in with the understanding of how cutthroat it is. And if yeah. you're moving to L.A., you have to, like, you, it, you, someone, the your landlord has to at least, like, shake you to the reality yeah. and be like, listen, like... But I think so many people come in and out that yeah. they feel that even if they didn't. Realize I don't know. I, I I know myself, and I've said this probably a couple times, but like I I'm not a a businessman to you know being like the thing where like I need to have like ten employees that work for me and I got to pay yeah. them and all this stuff. I mean I I'm realistic for sure, but take a I'll give you an example of kind of what I'm trying to get with my ramblings here. Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the people I met at this film festival, okay, I won't say his name. But one of the people I met, he was telling me that he's like, yeah, like I haven't really been here before, and like I really wanted to come, and he's like, I was I was gonna sleep in my car. Oh wow! And I was like, what? Like, yeah. Like you're gonna sleep in your car, and he was just like, well, he was like, like I was going to, but then like he he got people to come with him so that yeah. like he was able to like get right. you know obviously like proper lodging and stuff yeah. like that. But I told him like quite literally, I'm like, if you had come out here and you told me that you were in the car. I mean, I'm in an Airbnb with a couple of the yeah. other filmmakers that are here. I'm like, I would have literally dragged you to the house and be like, yeah. you're not sleeping in your car. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just because I got some compassion, I guess, right, yeah. or because I'm like, I just, I'm a human. And I'm like, I, I, yeah. I don't like the idea of thinking of somebody mm-hmm. doing that. And yeah. I, and if I can give them a space and they're not going to yeah. be like a serial killer and murder me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't I do that? Yeah, no, and exactly. I don't know. So I, I just like I, I I would hope that there's a lot of goodwill out there in the creative community, and whatnot, to yeah. to to help each other out. I mean, like, don't see each other always as opposition. I yeah. mean, like, shit. Like, the, the, if they're good, hardworking people, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, yeah, don't let them sleep in their damn car. Yeah, on a more like professional side, I've definitely seen people be more open to like yeah. helping me. Like while I was a student, so I don't know if it was just I was a student or what, but they were. People have been, like, very compassionate and being, like, you can ask me anything. Like, you can call me whenever if you need to, like, branch off and do your thing. 
um, or like bounce ideas or have a script read or anything like that. Yeah. And so I think people, at least in the way like I can at, at least like speak to it, like people can be very compassionate. And I think it's always people that kind of have like one foot in the industry, but like a foot in reality. And like yeah. they can like kind of see out of it. Cause I think once you get roped into like the more like, I don't know, like for lack of a better term, like the more like Hollywood, like studio type, it's like harder to get out of that, like cutthroat, less humanistic world you know what i mean and so you have to like yeah. ground myself which i think is great for the hiking like i think hiking really grounds you after that because you're like okay i need to worry about this film or my boss or anything you know what i mean it's yeah no I, maybe I that's do. why there's so many mountains <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i i know i'm uh so so i love i love the hike uh my, my wife and i we actually went camping for the first time recently so so here in iowa i'll give a shout out to the people yeah. that are from the iowa area so uh, Yellow River area. Mm-hmm. It's uh, right along the border of like Wisconsin, around there. Okay. There's a place called Prairie du Chien. It's like right on the border of Wisconsin and Harper's Ferry. So that's kind of like the two towns. There's a Mississippi River mm-hmm. kind of goes through it. Gotcha. Um, we love we we love to hike, but we really recently went camping together. But I'm reason I'm bringing this all up is because mm-hmm. I am a believer that you got to unplug. Yep. Um, I have certainly experienced times where I'm a person that's a I'm a curious cat for a better word i I don't that's not probably the best way of saying (laughs) it but i have a lot of interest and and i love talking with people i love love talking most with people like yourself that are Mm -hmm. in this world that kind of understand this mindset Mm -hmm. but you gotta unplug yeah i mean i will give myself a lot more anxiety than what is healthy or able to be handled if i don't do that totally um you know that some somebody I'll actually I'll I'll talk about for a second here. I mean, most people know Matthew McConaughey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he has a memoir, Green Lights. If you haven't mm-hmm. read it, recommend reading it. Gotcha. It's pretty good. Uh, he, I mean, he has a wonderful, <laughs> yeah, yeah, wonderful character of a personality. Mm-hmm. But um, he's a person that really is a, a champion of people that can journal, mm-hmm. journal your thoughts. Oh, and like, yeah. Just like you know, he he took himself to write that book like out to like the desert i think Damn. he left yeah. himself out there for like two weeks or something i might be totally butchering okay. this but i know he isolated himself that's yeah. the point yeah um and, and just kind of left himself alone with his thoughts and i've been in that place before where you're so either overstimulated by all the all the shit that's on your phone um you're watching too many things yeah. and you almost it, it can kind of get so bad where you're just like i don't even know what i think about anything yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. And I think like when you're in that culture for so long, it's like how you're just working, working, working. And it's like, how do you even like feel about it? I, even yeah. like you're just somebody, jumping from one thing to the next. Yeah. Even like while I'm here, like watching so many films in like a block, I have to like go home and like decompress and be like, I just heard so many stories and it's like, uh, yeah. how do I get back to reality? But yeah, I think like even like creatively you have sometimes you get in a rut and you have to like unplug from like your script. That's like a big writer tip just like leave leave your script alone for a while and then you'll come back to it um and with like a fresh mind and so i think that's definitely super important the same thing honestly applies weirdly enough uh at least for me with people yeah uh so i had to work very hard on myself mentally to kind of get past introverted tendencies and Mm -hmm. and you know even like making eye contact with people and like smiling you know these different things um there's a lot of purposeful, intentional work that went into that. Yeah. And even myself now, I would say that I am selectively an extrovert. Yeah. But sometimes an introvert at heart. I feel that. Meaning that yeah. like, I know I know when to turn it on. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I got to get coaxed into it a little bit. Yeah. It helps. 
to yep, have yep, something with sure. me to, yeah. to, to assist sometimes yep. with that. But, you know, when I go through a festival experience, and, and you might experience this yourself when you talk to enough yeah. people, it's great feeling sharp and on point and having a great dialogue with somebody, but you can't sustain it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I have... I have to do mental resets basically. Mm-hmm. Like my wife knows, uh, sometimes I'll just be like, kind of like riding that wave where I'm like, I'm just like feeling great. I'm having a connection with somebody and I'm making a, an impact here, but I got to stop. I got to stop sometimes. And like, I, I value my time by myself. Yeah. I don't always have to be with people in order to be happy. 100%. I, I mean, and, and I, I know creatives can relate to that because the creative process is different for everybody yeah. and you don't always want the stimulation of mm-hmm. others around you. Totally. Yeah. I feel that. I, I mean, even today I had to like go home for like an hour and just lay on my bed, like face down and just like decompress. Cause I was like, I know I'm going to yeah. be talking to so many people today. I talked to so many people earlier. I talked to so many yeah. people yesterday. It was like, I just need time to, like, come back so I can actually be a human later. Yeah. It's hard. But it's definitely important to, like, take that time and, like, take care of yourself, too. Tying it back to movies. And yeah. And we'll start to wind this down here. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't want to go too long. Your, your, your mother is, is being very kind. Uh, she is she's, on her yeah, phone doing she's, something. She's a silly goose, yeah. We have a see-through, a see-through glass window here, so that's why I can see what Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, <laughs> I... I I, I can say for myself, some of my favorite experiences I have with movies are the ones where I don't know what I think mm. afterwards. Where mm-hmm. it's like I watch it and I'm just like, I don't quite know yet how I feel about it. Where you're just like, I got to marinate on this one yeah. a bit. And if I were to, I don't, I don't want to say diminish it, but like if I were to like try to like watch two things after I watch this thing, I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I, yeah. I need to sit with this for a while so I can really let the weight of it kind of be with me for a while. Yeah. Regardless of where that goes, I don't know where it'll go. Yeah, I feel that. I think, I think you're saying that, and I remember After Sun. I don't know if you saw After Sun last year. Um, I unfortunately did not. I know Paul Mascal. Yep, if yep. I'm saying his name right, I uh, was nervous I, to say it because yeah. I forgot. If I butchered his name, well... We all know who we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. That was a great I'll have to add film. that to the list. I got yeah. a lot of recommendations here this weekend. Good. So. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> that was a good one where it was like, I came out of it and it was such a funky structure and like style, but it was, it the story just hit so deep for me. Um, and I was, I walked out of it and I was like, uh, I don't know how I feel because it was so, it was such a style that I didn't know I would like. But then I, like, sat with it, and I don't think I was able to, like, talk to anyone. I went back to my dorm, and I was like, I gotta not talk to anybody right now. And then it just hit me, and I was like, oh, my God, that's why it hurts so much. And, like, it's such a powerful film. Fortunately, I didn't get a lot of the recognition it, like, deserves, but I think it's, like, another niche thing where it's, like, it's hard. It's just hard. You need to, like, sit with it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I certain movies we could talk about this at great length. Yeah. There's, there's certain ones where I'm like, I love to have a conversation with mm-hmm. someone right after I watch it. There's yeah. others that I want it to stay with me so I can just really internalize it, yeah. kind of contextualize what it is that the artist was going for and how it speaks to me. Um, then there's others where I'm just like, mm, I don't really need to talk about it, but like, I'm good. Like, yeah. I, I, I got it. It, yeah. it did its thing. Um, but th- again. Having conversations like this is why I love movies. Yeah. At the end, sure. of, at the end of the day, that's why I'm here. Yeah. It I'm just, people. I'm obsessed, obsessed with movies. Yeah. Uh, and I just love talking with people like yourself about yeah. this. Yeah. So, final plugs for yourself. Yes. Go ahead. I mean, uh, you know, plug Ooh. plug away with Ooh. what you got. And I'll, it'll all be in the description. Everybody. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't have much to plug right now, but you can follow me on Instagram at Mackie.Ramsey, R-E-M-S-E-Y. 
there's some stuff on there whenever I remember I have an Instagram. <laughs> yeah. um, but any film-related stuff is going to be up there. But right now I'm just writing a lot of short films, a lot of pilots um, for the future. Okay. Yeah, that's me. That's pretty much all I got for you. So awesome. you've been generous with your time. And yeah. I hope that you had a good time at this festival. Of course, yeah. And I'll be curious to follow your work, see what you got going on. The same for you. Yes. Yeah, this is awesome. awesome. Thank you.